to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howe. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What do they have coming up? An in-person coffee talk. I love coffee talks, especially in-person because they provide the coffee. That is true. I don't have to stop by Rosebud or the Caffeinery or Dunkin' and have my coffee. I can just get it from them. And learn at the same time. Exactly. When's this one going to take place? This one is Tuesday, April 18th from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. What's this one called? This one's called Understanding Dementia Friendliness, Inclusion for All. When's it going to happen? It's going to happen Tuesday, April 18th from 8.30 to 9. And it's facilitated by Holly Neal. She is the Caregiver Programs Coordinator for Lifestream Services. Yes, I think I've met her before. Yeah, I've met her too. She's awesome. So dementia affects every community and is a significant burden on the mental and physical health of family caregivers. There's a lack of understanding and lack of knowledge about the disease, resulting in stigma and isolation for those living with dementia and their caregivers. Learn how you can make a positive difference in the lives of people living with dementia through increased awareness and support. So we're going to learn the five common types of dementia. Mm-hmm the key messages about dementia, and they're going to explain an approach to effectively communicate with a person who has dementia. I know it must be tough on both. Yes. The person and the caregiver. So this one is very important to have some coffee and have a coffee talk with Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Sue Arrington, State Representative for District 34. Welcome. Thank you. No I'm glad problem. to be here. Glad to have you. So tell me, what does a State Representative do? Well, we have two major responsibilities. Mm-hmm. One is to uh, make the laws for the state of Indiana. And the other one is to uh, serve our constituents. If they're having problems with some state agency, we can be the go-between to help them connect. And often we, could, we have a, a legislative liaison for every state agency. And so if someone's having a problem, say, with the BMV or they're having problems with um, Medicaid, then we can help them break through the red tape. Oh, okay. That's cool. So how long have you been a representative? I uh, was first elected a state representative in 2012. Okay. So you've been doing it for a little while. Uh, yeah. I was actually in the Senate for four years before that. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, elections... <laughs> elections are <laughs> funny things, yes. <laughs> so, and so I was out for two years after the 2010 election. It wasn't a good year for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2012, the House seat became open, and I thought, well, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> There's more things I want to do. And so I ran, and I won. Oh, awesome. Well, that's excellent. So what is different between the Senate and the House? Well, a couple things. There are 50 members of the Senate, 
and there were 100 members of the House. Okay. Senators run for re-election every four years, and House members every two. Okay. We deal with the same legislation. If a bill gets out of the House, then it goes over to the Senate and vice versa. Okay, very good. There are many bills that don't make it. Um, they die in committee in either the House or the Senate. Mm-hmm. So you can, if, if yours is one of those bills, you can try to find another bill you could amend it into mm-hmm. or wait till the next year. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm getting my civics lesson brush <laughs> yeah. refresher over here. And I'm just a bill from the Schoolhouse Rock is in my head. So. Yeah, I love that Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a good, I mean, and we all learned it when we were kids and we all rem, still remember it now. So it must have done its job, I think. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about your family. First of all, I grew up in northern Indiana outside of Warsaw. Okay. But I've lived in Muncie since 1970. Okay, well, I guess we can call you a Munsonian I now, think so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I came uh, with my husband, Paul. Um, we both taught at Ball State. He for 34 years and me for three or four okay. in the Spanish department. We have two daughters that were born here, uh, Sarah and Amy, and I have two grandchildren. Okay, nice. Perfect. Unfortunately, they don't live around here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you like to do for fun? Well, I like to be in my garden, in my yard. Uh, I like to travel. In fact, I've got a trip coming up in September with my daughters. Oh, fun. Uh, We're going to northern Spain. Ooh. We're going to do a little side trip. Since I was a Spanish major, of course, I read Don Quixote. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, was a, uh, you know, it's a novel. He traveled around in the province of La Mancha. Well, now they have road trips you can take around La Mancha oh, and okay. visit the places that were in the novel. Oh, that's cool. So I want to do that. Well, that'll be fun. And to take your daughters with you and get to be able to do all that stuff. Neat. Yeah. All right. So are you fluent in Spanish? Uh, yes. Not as much as I used to be. It's mm-hmm. one of those things you'd have to keep yeah, you know, you using lo- it, use it or, or lose it, it kind of thing. Yeah. But... It comes back. Well, yeah, and especially, I would imagine, once you get over there and you're immersed in the language and the culture, I think it comes back from the back part yeah. of your brain. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. fun. I have another trip coming up in the summer. There's a group of four of us whose husbands have passed away. So we call ourselves the Merry Widows. Okay. And we're going to Milwaukee Oh. for four days. Milwaukee and Racine, uh, four days in July, I think it will be. Okay. Anything specific to do that you're looking to do in Milwaukee or just to visit? Well, we're going to look at the architecture up there. Okay. We're going to a cheese Well, yeah, you gotta, you got to be see the cheese, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll probably go see, um, you know, a, uh, a brewery. Okay. Yeah. Cheese and beer. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a good trip to me. <laughs> so how did you get started? Talk me, talk me through it. Well, I first got interested uh, in issues. Mm -hmm. I was very active in the women's movement. I worked for Planned Parenthood for 17 years. And so I, through that, I started um, volunteering for candidates who, you know, were attuned with my beliefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the first time I ran for office was for the Delaware County Council. Okay. And the way I happened to run was there were no women on the council at the time. Mm -hmm. And there were three open spots 
for at-large districts. This was back in the day when they were building the Justice Center downtown, and there was was such a scandal. So the three people who were sitting council members decided not to run. Okay. I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for a woman Mm -hmm. or more women to get in. And so I went around asking all the women that I thought would be, you know, make a good council person, and they all turned me down. The last person that turned me down said something else. She said, Sue, why don't you run? And that's the first time anybody had said anything like that. And I thought, well, the deadline for filing is pretty close. So I talked to my friends. I talked to my husband. They all said, do it, Sue. So I did. Oh, and I won. And you won. (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) So did you stay on the council for a long time or a short time or? Uh, One term. It was four years. All right. Then I um, had to decide, do I want to run for this again, or do I want to run for the, at the state level? Because mm-hmm. that's, I had my eye on the state legislature for some time. Okay. So I decided to give up. I didn't run for council again. I ran for the house, and I lost. Oh, okay. Um, but when it was over, I still had money in my treasury. Mm-hmm. So I put it in a CD, and I thought, well... Maybe something else will come up, or I'll find some other candidate I want to donate it to. Mm-hmm. Well, 10 years later, I was almost ready to <laughs> donate to somebody else when our state, longtime state legis- uh, senator, Allie Craycraft, decided to retire. Oh, okay. So I thought, oh, another open seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run for that. So I did, and I won. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said earlier, I uh, lost four years later when I ran again. But I won two years later in the House, and I've been there ever since. Ever since. Excellent. So have you ever run into discrimination in either the workforce or in politics because you're a woman? Yes. Okay. Let me give you an example. (laughs) This was on the county council. We were doing our budget down in the basement of the county building. And this was at the time when we were just beginning to have uh, ordinances uh, for no smoking. Okay. In that, uh, the basement, there was a big no smoking sign that my colleagues covered up. (laughs) Okay. And I challenged them on them. And they went back to the furnace room to consult with the attorney. And he told them, Sue's right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to take that piece of paper off, mm-hmm. and there's no smoking. So later, I guess it was probably the next day, uh, we took when we were taking one of our mini breaks because they wanted to smoke. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> when I came back, we were ready to do the health department budget, and I opened the page to that budget, and on the page was a condom. <laughs> And I know they were thinking, oh, Sue's going to be so embarrassed. (laughs) Let's see what she does. Well, having worked at Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't embarrassed by condoms. So I jumped up, held it up, and I said, who put this condom on my book? (laughs) Uh, And Seth Slavaugh was the uh, reporter at the time, and (laughs) he took lots of notes on that. (laughs) Well, in the next break... I um, came back, and they'd moved my chair, and in its place was a mop bucket and a mop. And the uh, council member sitting next to me said, women's work, you know, yeah, just in case I missed the point. Oh, yeah, just to drive it home a little (laughs) bit more. Yeah. So anyway, Seth said, is this sex discrimination? (laughs) 
Well, I don't think that kind of tactic would have happened to a man. No, I don't think They would think have it done would've. maybe something else, but this was particularly aimed at women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it backfired on them because um, Kathy Bennington, who worked in the county building, which is full of women, well, yeah, <laughs> got up a petition in support of me and condemning what they were doing. Well, that ended up on the um, front page of the, the paper, too. So there were like three days of publicity on these antics that, you know, were really sexist. Yeah, yeah. Well, then it showed them, put them in their place, hopefully. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they had a hard time figuring out. They thought they were just being funny. Well, yeah, they, they think they're funny, but that that's, it's not. No, it's <laughs> no, not. It's not. I get pe- people have asked me before, well, shouldn't you make me some coffee? And I'm like, am I the coffee maker person here? No. Um, um, if you want coffee that you would like to drink and doesn't taste terrible, then you need to make it yourself because I... I'm terrible at making coffee. (laughs) But in the state legislature, um, you know, I had a bill that would address the gender pay Mm -hmm. difference between males and females, and it didn't get a hearing. There are other women who have had bills that would try to address that pay differential. Mm -hmm. And Indiana's is worse than the national average, by the way. Really? I didn't know that. Um, but they don't get a hearing. Well, yeah. Cause it's, not, it's not a woman that chairs that committee. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I, you know how that goes. So absolutely. Well, what professional organizations are you associated with? I'm on the board of Second Harvest. Okay. On Muncie Outreach. On It's an advisory board for the um, Community Foundation on Land Conservation. Oh, okay. I do quite a bit with environment. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got onto that one. That, yeah. I'm also a member of the League of Women Voters. I'm a member of AAUW and the National Organization for Women. Hey. So those are some yeah. of them. Yeah, a busy lady, sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is something you wished you had known when you were first starting out? I wish I had started sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get started really till. Um, my daughters were in college. And I look at uh, what... Women often think, I have to know everything about this job Mm -hmm. before I throw my hat in the ring. And men traditionally don't think that way. Right. They figure, I'm going to learn this on the job. Figure it out as I go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think women, it would be good for women if we had some of that same attitude. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're getting closer to that. I think you you can't please everybody. Mm -hmm. So you have to get used to criticism because you're going to get it no matter what you do Mm -hmm. you just hope that uh, most of the people like what you're doing so a couple fun questions now what's your favorite band or artist I really like Dolly Parton yeah absolutely (laughs) Linda Ronstadt okay I loved Elvis Presley and the Beatles you can see what generation I'm in (laughs) yeah absolutely did you see the new Elvis movie I did. I okay. loved it. <laughs> I have not seen it yet. I, Matt and I keep saying we're going to, and we just got to sit down long enough to like watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, I was amazed at how the Elvis yeah. really sounded and acted like Elvis. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard, hard person to emulate, I would think, and to do it well in, in a movie where millions of people are going to see it or whatever. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I heard that he, um, even now, you know, months or later, 
he hasn't lost the Elvis accent. Really? <laughs> I think he worked on it so hard it became part of him. It, it just kind of got stuck in there. That's yeah. funny. Interesting. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. Okay, nice. Definitely a night owl. Definitely a night owl. All right. Have you ever met anyone famous? I'm assuming yes, because you're in the legislature and everything. So, uh, Yes. Um, this was... Uh, when Phil Sharp was our um, congressman, mm-hmm. he was great with the environment, too. And uh, Robert Redford oh. was one of his supporters who came to Muncie for a fil- fundraiser. And I got to meet him, shake his hand, talk with him. And oh, that was pretty, a, that that's was pretty, pretty cool. exciting. Yeah, that is pretty exciting. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Now, that's hard to say. <laughs> you don't have to have just one if you've got a couple or whatever. Well, um... One of them was Cat Baloo. I really liked that. A more recent one. I did like, I mean, I really liked the Elvis mm-hmm. movie. I like, you know, humorous. Okay. I like comedies. Comedies. All right. All right. If someone were to, pl- one were to play you in a movie, who would that be? <laughs> who would I pick? Yeah. Who'd you pick to play you in a movie? Jane Fonda. Okay. That's a good one too. Yeah, absolutely. What's your hidden talent? Something you're good at that people might not know. Maybe my gardening. Okay. All right. I guess that's maybe one of them. You know, we have um, at the legislature a talent show. Okay. Every year. And Melanie Wright, when she was in the legislature, she was a dancer. Mm -hmm. She would have us uh, do, anybody of us in our Democratic House members that wanted to be part of it, she would have a dance routine. And so I participated in that every time. (laughs) Nice. We never won. Oh, man. (laughs) But we had a lot of fun doing it. Okay, cool. Tell me something that's on your bucket list. Well, I have my travels Mm -hmm. coming up, and I I have quite a few on that bucket list Mm -hmm. that I'd like to get to one of these days. One of these days? Okay. What gets you truly excited about life? Making a difference. Mm -hmm. I think if I can, whether it's constituent service, whether I've been able to break through the red tape for somebody, that's one thing. Uh, another is, you know, when I uh, support a bill that I think will really be good for the citizens of Indiana and the people of, of Muncie and of my district, that also makes me feel really good. Yeah, awesome. What would you tell a young person, a young woman, who is wanting to get involved either in politics or just in the workforce or, or something like that? What would you tell young people? Well, the first thing I would tell them is vote. Mm -hmm. So many young people aren't in the habit yet Mm -hmm. of voting, and yet it's so important. And when, you know, we older people are gone, our democracy is going to depend on the people voting. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times young people don't think their vote counts Mm -hmm. or they don't know who the candidates are. Well, that's an opportunity to learn who those candidates are, what they, uh, what they're, they support, is it aligned with what you support? And so that's, uh, that's one thing. Uh, I would also tell young people, continue your education. Because uh, in today's world, if you don't have more than a high school education, your opportunities are limited. Mm-hmm. And really, the way the world works now, you don't usually stay at one job your whole right. career. Right. <laughs> so you need to keep up. Absolutely. And c- continue learning, even after right. you're done with your right. degree. You yeah, know, learning that. is lifelong. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I keep learning. That's one of the things about the legislature. There are so many issues we we deal with that I have learned about things I never dreamed that I would know anything about, like utilities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) You probably know more about utilities than you ever thought you would or wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, I I was on the utilities committee in the Senate, and I thought, why did they put me on this? I don't know anything about utilities. (laughs) But I'll tell you, I learned. You learned real quick, huh? (laughs) I did. What does success mean to you? Um, I think success means uh, being happy with what you're accomplishing, whether you've made a difference in the world, whether Mm -hmm. being here as a human being has been beneficial. Abortion has been a really controversial issue Mm -hmm. for many years, but I think what people haven't realized is how uh, access to abortion, whether you choose it or not, is important for women and their families Mm -hmm. because we know that when it's not an option and someone has an unintended pregnancy, their life, their studies that show that their life expectations go down. Mm They, on the whole, they are um, economically at a disadvantage. Their children are at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. to what they would have been if they'd been able to exercise their choice. Mm -hmm. We're also finding with the um, bans that have been been passed that it's affecting miscarriages as well. Mm -hmm. That uh, doctors, because of the penalties, that if it's suspected that they might have might have not been necessary, mm-hmm. are becoming very cautious. And there are uh, more and more instances that are now coming up in, in studies where women have come much closer to losing their lives mm-hmm. because of the um, you know the the concern over am I am I should I do this right, surgery or Right, not? and am I going to get in trouble for it? or Exactly, and, because mm-hmm. the penalty. I mean, you can go to jail. Right, yeah. Lose your license and all kinds yeah, of exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a much um, wider, has a much wider effect mm-hmm. than anybody thought. Right. But it also makes it even more important to do the things that will prevent uninfreg- unintended pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So that's access to contraceptives. Mm-hmm. And it's sex education. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that are known to help prevent unintended pregnancies. Yeah. And we do have a bill in the uh, House mm-hmm. that's passed and it's going over to the Senate, which would allow pharmacists yes. to prescribe contraceptives. Just a limited number. Right. The pill, the ring, and the patch. Okay. Uh, they would have to take training and do a simple health screening, which mm-hmm. is done now by a doctor or at a, a clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, we in Indiana, we have a lot of healthcare deserts, particularly right. in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. And so, but there's pharmacies everywhere. Right. So this would uh, open it up so to be more accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, con- those contraceptives would be more accessible to people no matter where they lived. I think that's great. And other states do that, too. Like, we're not the only no, one. No, we're not. One. In fact, some states, it's over the counter. Oh, okay. But this is a step. A step in, their, in that yeah. direction. So, yeah, and it, yeah. Um, I mean, people would still, be, it would be recommended that you see your mm-hmm. doctor because uh, 
you could have some kind of, um, you need to have your pap smear mm-hmm. and tests for STDs. Mm-hmm. So um, there is still a reason, right? To go, we still want to go to the doctor. Yes, but yes, yeah. But for um, you know accessibility, I think this is a step in the right direction. Absolutely, I think so too. Well, great. Well, thanks for so much for stopping by the farmhouse today. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. All Glad right. to be here. Alrighty, no problem. Bye. Bye. But we're not doing anything South Park this time. No, we can only do two episodes in a row. We can't do another one. So what we are going to do, though, is I have the 2,000 questions about us book that we got from Five Below. It says $5. I wonder, do you think it costs more nowadays because of inflation? Probably. It's probably $6 now. now, Five Below is like $5.25. We, We need to go and like... See if they still have this book there. They have a rotating inventory, so I bet they probably don't still have that book. <laughs> All right. But you're going to pick some p- questions because I try to pick questions and then you don't like them. So, That's true. That's so true. The, the question picking has been delegated to Matt Howell. Number 403. Have you ever been or would ever allow yourself to be hypnotized? I yes. can honestly say myself, no. You what have not you? been hypnotized or you would never not allow? Been I would not do either one. Okay. I have been. What? <laughs> do you know this about me? I I'm do not, not sure think if so. I even talked about this. Let's tell the okay, story. Okay, so back in the day, I li- when I lived in Texas, right? Yes. I lived in Dallas, and the radio show was doing like a whole thing or whatever. And so they were going to do a mass hypnotism. And it was on a day where I like didn't have work or whatever. And I was like, it was like right down, it wasn't far away. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Hundreds of people showed up to this thing and Mac, they had to do like two different sessions or whatever. And so they had somebody come in and like do this group hypnotist kind of thing. And I am a skeptic and I am like, absolutely not. I am not going to get hypnotized. I'm not going to do it. So they're like, sit there, think about peaceful. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm not going to get hypnotized. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall under under the spell. (laughs) And then I did. What? (laughs) Yes. Now it wasn't one of those hypnotisms where it was like, like, cluck like a chicken or something like that yeah it was all about positive healthy lifestyles and stuff like that so i they really think about something you want to change in your life i was like i want to drink more water and so we did this hypnotist thing they took us out of hypnosis and then for the next two weeks all i could do was drink water like i could not get enough water (laughs) now it ran off after a while and maybe that was just psycho in my head psychosomatic or maybe i had some stuff i don't know but i'd be hypnotized not like not at a comedy show where I'm like barking like a dog or something like that. Well, that's what happened to my brother, I think. We were in high school and they had a hypnotist come in. And to your high a, school? To the high school. What? And do a little kind of... skit with like three of them up See, there. See that? Like, no, that's not fun. And and yeah, my brother, he went up there and did it. And of course it was like, uh, say some word and they'd raise their hand just involuntarily right. <laughs> and stuff I like that. I did but... not know that about Mark. I'm going to have to ask him that question. But... Yeah, yeah. He, uh, we should get it on the podcast. My brother is a amazing storyteller he, he can take a little piece of information that i barely remember and make a half an hour story out of it now is it all true i oh, don't, know. don't know sometimes <laughs> it seems embellished but... sometimes a little bit who knows would you raise your kids the way your parents raised you mm, i'm gonna say no for no. you <laughs> no <laughs> i'm gonna say yes for me a little bit <laughs> well you know, looking back on, uh, I've, I've raised three 
pretty much to the 18 year to old. The and we're, we're working on the on the fourth one here. But but yeah, if I could go back and do certain things, I would try to um, do it in a way that my parents did, just not at that extreme level of hard work uh, of instilling yes. a work ethic. Work ethic. Yes. Because uh, you know, a couple of them were a little lax in this this whole in the whole work, work ethic, ethic department. department. Yes, maybe a little bit, no, but they're nothing against them or anything. They're, they're working on it. They're finding their way. Thing. But since the question, would, would you raise them as your parents raised you? Uh, I would do some things, yes, but some things definitely not. On my side, I would say my parents did same thing, work ethic. Like my mom always told they me, did a good job with I that. have to work harder because I'm a girl, and if I want to be taken seriously, I have to work twice as hard as everybody else. So, yes, in that regard, but the religious like <laughs> restrictions that I grew up under, no. What is the weirdest food combination craving you've ever had? Hmm. I know mine. What's yours? Mine is toast and mayonnaise. Like mayonnaise toast? I, I think it's gross now. But like, yeah. When I was in like fourth grade or something like that, you get off the bus, you make some toast, slather some mayonnaise, oh. a, a thin coat, and for whatever reason, at that time period in my life, that tasted like gold. Disgusting. When I was in fourth grade, I loved to get bologna slices, just yeah. plain bologna, put some mustard on it. And then like roll it. roll it around and eat it. Or sometimes I wouldn't put the the mustard on it, and I just like bite little eyeballs out of it and like make a smiley face and stuff and sit in front of the TV and, and then it. put it on your face. And then put it on your face. No, no, no. What's the weirdest cravings you ever well, had? Surely was, around the uh, pregnancy uh, when or I was something. Pregnant, I didn't have any like crazy combinations, but I wanted like steak and raw. Oh yeah, bloody raw steak. steak. And that has continued even now. Even back before I was pregnant, I wanted my steaks. You like, were a medium, medium well. well gal. Yeah. Now I am like medium rare. Medium rare. I want give me the bloody steak. And I also wanted wasabi, like spicy yes. wasabi all the time. Do you ever watch movies with subtitles? Because some people do not like that. This has become a new occurrence that I watch everything with subtitles. And I when do I watch. don't have subtitles, it makes me mad. Of course, the pandemic hits. Uh, and we got to watch shows. We had more time on our hands. Yeah. So we get to watch shows and we got bored with regular shows. So we went to... Uh, you know, those British shows or the Dairy Girls. Right. Well, and we started it watching Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. And you have to have You it. have to have subtitles on that show because no, no, you what cannot the understand it? what they're saying. So we started it there. And now, like, everything that we watch, I have to have subtitles. And when I'm, like, at my in-law's house watching Wheel of Fortune and there's not <laughs> subtitles, I'm like, what's happening? What kind of, what, what are we living in now? I need the subtitles. What do you think is more likely, Dracula or Werewolf? Hmm. I mean, both are pretty unlikely. I think Dracula. You think that's more unlikely or likely? I mean, you cannot. I live don't on... think a werewolf is likely at all. A human turning into a wolf and running around. Probably not. No. But. No, Dracula. Dracula drinking blood. I mean, you can't live. Was on it, blood. Wasn't there a, a queen or something that yes. used to kill people and like bathe in their blood or something like that's that? That's what they say. But really, history is rewritten by men who don't like powerful women oh yeah and so you think that was one of them uh yeah so they made up stories to make her look crazy and all that kind of thing now maybe it happened it was elizabeth bathory and it might have happened i don't know maybe she was a vampire maybe i think vampire if we're answering this question i think likely vampires yeah yeah last question can you use chopsticks when you eat or have you even tried i always try i'm not very good I have good intentions, but I'm also the slowest eater in the actual world, like scientifically proven. So it takes you a little extra long. I mean, it takes me a long time to eat regularly and then add chopstick in. And I am like 
your dad would have left me like at the restaurant. Like when your dad's <laughs> done eating, he just gets up and leaves. And yeah. even if I'm still eating, he just gets up and leaves. So if I'm eating chop- using chopsticks, I'm there forever. And your dad would leave me for sure. I'm not sure if I told this story or not, but I learned how to use chopsticks when McDonald's came out with the <laughs> Oriental Happy Meal. Oriental Happy Meal. And it came with chopsticks with little, and they still have them on the, uh, the wrappers of how to hold the chopsticks and, and get your chicken nuggets. And it was perfect because when you're a kid, you like have no dexterity, but yeah, you could grab those chicken nuggets, pop them in your mouth. Well, chicken so, nuggets are easier to eat than like rice. So later on when you go to your first uh, Chinese restaurant or whatever, boom, boom, boom. I knew how to do it. Yeah. You are the expert chopstick user. And even Audia, she, she went to some place and they make like chopstick training wheels. So they like kind of like, put a plastic bit rubber band around it and like yeah. tie them together or whatever. So she makes herself like she gets a piece of paper and she does a little origami and then she takes a rubber band and she wraps it around. She makes her own little baby training wheels for her chopsticks and just goes to town using those. And she loves Fuji here in town. Oh we gosh. have a place there, Moshi Moshi in Winchester. In Winchester she which loves is it. The best. It is they so are not good. sponsored, but they have the best. They could sponsor California if they rolls. Like they they're just amazing. Their but sushi is good and their soup is good too. I agree with that. So Anyway. That's how I learned how to use chopsticks. Oh, thank you, McDonald's. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone gone boss. boss.